2: rand paul for president i know it's early and um, we don't know if donald trump is going to run but if there's anybody in washington now who cuts through the bs it's rand uh, nobody's been tougher on Dr. Fauci, and nobody's been more vocal about the U.S. staying out of uh, stupid wars and not spending money to uh, on or sending money to countries that hate us. Here he is today at the hearings on the disaster in Afghanistan, questioning Secretary of State Anthony Blinken.
3: If they behave you 're going to give them the money why don 't we subtract the eighty billion from the ten billion you 're going to give them then they 're minus seventy still. I mean really, the fact that you 're entertaining good behavior that they 'll get more money I think is a big mistake, and a naive notion that we 're going to somehow change this stone Age philosophy by giving them more of our money we 've sunk trillions of dollars over this our chance to have a peace dividend let 's quit sending good money after bad. The guy the Biden administration droned was he an aid worker or an ISIS K operative? Uh, uh,
4: the administration is, of course, reviewing that
0: uh, that strike, uh, and I'm sure that a you know full assessment will be will be forthcoming. So you don't
3: it. know if it was an aid worker or an ISIS K operative.
0: Uh, I can't speak to that, and I can't speak to that in this setting in any event.
3: So you don't know or won't tell us? Uh,
0: I don't. I don't know because we're, we're reviewing it.
3: Well, see, you'd think you'd kind of know before you off somebody with a predator drone, whether he's an aid worker or he's an ISIS case. See, the thing is, is this isn't just you. It's been going on for administration after administration. The Obama administration droned hundreds and hundreds of people. And the thing is, is there is blowback to that. I mean, I don't know if it's true, but I see these pictures of these beautiful children that were killed in the attack. If that's true and not propaganda, if that's true, guess what? Maybe you created hundreds or thousands of new potential terrorists from bombing the wrong people. So you got to know who you we can't sort of have an investigation after we kill people. We have an investigation before we Uh,
2: once again, making way too much sense. Meanwhile, Even as we speak, two idiots who were elected to Allegheny County Council somehow are proposing a mask mandate for everything indoors and for more than 250 people outdoors until April. It just doesn't get any dumber than this. And when we come back, we'll talk about the science that shows just how dumb it is. And in our second half hour, guys are staying away from college in droves. Really, big time. Why is that? Stick around. America's longest war may have come to an end, but the questions have only just begun. This is John Stagerwald. Like you, I have a lot of them. And on Friday, September 17th, I'm hoping to get some answers. At Salem Media presents an evening with Joe Sweeney at Christ Church at Grove Farm in Sewickley. After years as a private security contractor working among our Afghan allies, Joe was on one of the last flights out of the country as the Taliban rolled into Kabul. If you've been wondering how something that started so right could end so wrong, join us, 6 to 8.30 Friday night. We'll have a 30-minute hors d'oeuvres mixer, followed by a moderated panel and live Q&A with Joe. Hear his eyewitness account of how it all went down and get answers to questions about the future of Afghanistan as it relates to us and the allies we left behind. We'll separate fact from fiction on the Taliban, ISIS-K, women's rights, human trafficking, religious freedom and more. That's an evening with Joe Sweeney at Christ Church at Grove Farm in Sewickley, Friday, September 17th. Get your tickets now at theanswerpgh.com.
1: Sponsored in part by Veteran Plumbing and Peace, Love Little Hi, my name is Ryan Bourne.
4: And I am Danica Bourne. And And we're we're the the owners owners
1: of South Coast Coast Tax. Tax. We would like to thank our Lord for protecting us from evil. Psalm 91 states, he is my refuge and my fortress, for he will rescue us from every trap and protect us from deadly disease.
5: South Coast Tax are Christian based tax accountants and attorneys who specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishments, and filing complex tax returns. We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome
3: results.
1: We are also a small firm. We will treat you like
2: A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how'd you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. Offer valid through 123121. All with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windows us, Pittsburgh.com. That's WindowsOrUsPittsburgh.com. This is the John
0: Walt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer.
2: As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help you get the best sleep of your life, and he didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the Giza Dream bed sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial for my busy schedule. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft, breathable, but extremely durable, and Mike's Giza sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night you sleep on the Giza sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors, and Mike's latest incredible deal is the sale of the year. For a limited time, you'll get 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets. You'll receive a set for as low as forty nine ninety nine. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code STAG. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper and so much more. Call 1-800-716-8087. Use the promo code STAG. Go to MyPillow.com. Make sure you use the promo code STAG. Thank you
0: AM 1250, The Answer. answer. AM1250TheAnswer.com While Larry Elder runs for governor, Carl Jackson runs the show here at home. We're going to be talking about the California recall election. What will happen? Will Governor Newsom get recalled? Will Larry Elder replace him? We'll be talking about this. Make sure you join us. Carl Jackson on the next Larry Elder Show. The Larry Elder Show. Weeknights at 7 on AM 1250. The Answer. The Answer.
2: Okay, uh, we're having a little trouble getting our, uh, our guest on the air. Um, so um, we will uh, wait and see if we can get the call through. Um, meanwhile, uh, uh, the, the people that are involved in this meeting I talked about, um, Bethany Hallam and Olivia Bennett are the, uh, are the, are the people involved. And um, as, as far as I know, this meeting was supposed to go on at 5 o'clock and uh it's not a vote fortunately for this stupidity, but it's a um it's a proposal um we had um, we had uh, asked about this and and we got a response from um i th- I believe it was from uh, Bethany hallam um from uh, a, a, a a listener Christopher Solis is his name he sent us an email saying that he tried to contact them to ask him about it. And this is the response that he got. Uh, Thanks so much for reaching out. We actually did not announce the introduction of the bill yesterday. In fact, we are required by law to put the meeting agenda out the friday before every meeting that agenda went public friday afternoon as with every agenda for every county council meeting has nothing was different about this introduction than any other bill that has been introduced also i think it's important to explain to you that there is no vote tomorrow that was this was written yesterday the bill is simply being introduced from there the president of council sends it to a specific committee and that's where the discussion takes place the meeting is public Experts will come to testify, and the public is invited to speak as well. It will likely be months before the bill even comes up for a vote, if it does at all. I do appreciate any input you or anyone may have, so please feel free to send it my way with an exclamation point, And it's signed, Bethany. A very nice response, and it's good that she uh, responded uh, and pretty quickly to this guy, and then he, showed, he sent the, the response to us. But it's um, just unbelievably stupid the, just the, the proposal I, I don't care if it takes 10 years for it to, to become uh, if it has the potential to take 10 years to become law I don't care what happens to it once it's uh, proposed if it's voted on and turned down the scary thing to me is that uh, And this is also um, co-sponsored by um, Olivia Bennett another uh, county council person the stupidity of it is um, is still there. No matter what happens to the law from this point on, or if it ever becomes a law or a mandate, I don't know if it can even become a law. I guess it can. Um, it's um, beyond stupid and useless. And, and as I said, it's it's scary because these two people. She seems pretty nice. Nice uh, response in the email. Uh, They shouldn't be allowed to be in charge of anything if they think that they should be proposing that people wear masks indoors for the next eight months until April. That's when this would that's that's um, that's when the the mandate would be lifted if it, it would be put into place from now until April. That What they uh, apparently are proposing, and I guess we'll find out maybe later because this is, as as I said, it's actually going on right now. The proposal, as it's reported on, is that uh, masks will be required everywhere, indoors, everywhere. So back to the stupidity of wearing the mask in the restaurant when you walk in and then taking it off when you go to eat and then putting it back on to walk the 12 feet from your table to the door to leave. It's all beyond stupid. And then, of course, this would be 250 people or more outside. It uh, would be mandated. So that would mean, of course, that if this were in place now, the Steeler game coming up on Sunday, there would be 65,000 people there wearing masks. Okay, does that make sense to you? That's what their um, that's what that's what the proposal says, and of course. Uh, indoors, hockey games, concerts. Uh, the Penguins open their season in October. There would be a nice opening day crowd of 18,000 plus, and everybody would be expected to wear masks. Now, I, I can't believe that anything this stupid is getting, has even gotten this far, but it may actually be good, and it may actually be a good thing if this proposal is uh, taken seriously and... Um, for the for this reason, it would be. It, I think this would be something that just might be the last straw. I I, I don't care what you think about what, what political party you uh, belong to or vote for or who you like in politics or what you think of the um, uh, Allegheny County government or any of that. Um, it's it, it's just not. It, it, it just people are not going to put up with this. They're just not. At some point, they got to cut it out. They got to cut back on this. They have to cut it out. And this could be the thing that puts people over the top if it would if it gets if it gets any legs. Um, Oh, we have okay. Our guest is uh, uh, available. His name is Connor Harris. He writes for the City Journal. Uh, He should be at the meeting we were just talking about. (laughs) Instead of being on the radio with me, he could tell them just how dumb the idea is. Connor, thanks for being here.
5: Uh, hi, Mr. All uh, Apologies for the technical difficulties earlier.
2: Can't hear him. No, I, I'm having trouble hearing, hearing Connor, so um, oh, I don't that. know what we're going to do here now. We're going to try to fix this, but I'll, I'll keep babbling. Um, stay where you are, Connor. We're going to try to get this fixed. Uh, my, okay. Mike, Thank uh, you. Mike uh, uh, in the studio there, uh, it doesn't sound right in my headphones right now. I don't sound very loud to myself here, so. I don't know if I got a button that's not pushed in here. Go ahead and run in here and I'll I'll sing or something for the next uh, for the next 30 seconds. Fortunately, I'm, I'm not wearing a mask. So yeah, that's the one thing I have going for me. I don't know, Mike, you look at the board here and see what you got. There you go. Now I can hear myself. Uh, but more importantly, Connor, can you hear me? Uh, I can hear you just fine. Can you hear me? Yes. Uh, very good. I'm sorry we had that confusion. But here you are. Uh, not a problem, not a problem. <laughs> okay, as I said, uh, you you should be in this meeting instead of on the radio. Uh, I don't know if you heard what I said about the uh, the proposal that they're coming up with, which would put every, uh, everybody in masks again for the next eight months till April. So um, you wrote about the uselessness of masks at the City Journal back in March. Has anything changed?
5: All right, so uh, uselessness might be a slightly strong word, but okay. there is, I'd say, a... Uh, A lack of evidence to support that masks do uh, do much good. So since I wrote an article back in February, I think it appeared in March, I did most of the drafting in February. There have been a couple of more recent interesting studies. One of them was in uh, Bangladesh, actually, uh, where researchers chose a number of rural villages. They gave some of them uh, cloth masks to wear and some of them surgical masks. Uh, Others didn't get any mask at all. They actually did find that the surgical masks reduced transmission a bit, or at least seemed to. Um, That being said, the cloth masks didn't do anything at all. There are some questions as to whether the masks actually did much good or whether they were just picking up on some other behavioral changes that the experiment might have prompted that didn't actually have to do with masks in the first place. But I think it is still fair to say that Masks are definitely not the uh, cure-all that they were sold as being back in spring of 2020.
2: Well, they're still being sold. Um, that, we had we had a line of uh, former and present presidents wearing them on some, uh, on Saturday for the uh, 9/11 um, commemorations. They all were wearing them, and uh, and every time you look at Joe Biden, he's got one on, and walking to the out of out of Air Force One. Uh, he comes in, uh, walks up to the podium with one at the the White House. They're still trying to sell it, aren't they? Right, yeah. And so
5: what I will say is, if you're going to be up face-to-face with someone, it might be good to wear a mask in that circumstance, because masks are probably decent at catching very short-distance transmission. The problem is, that's not really what we have to worry about. The real dangers... The really dangerous events are ones where COVID spreads long distances, several yards or more. And those uh, viral particles that are responsible in those events are transmitted in much smaller respiratory droplets that can float in the air for a long time. And because they're smaller, they also have a much easier time getting around the edges of masks. (laughs) Yeah, and well, also uh wearing masks outdoors even in large events i think uh there's no point to that there hasn't been to my knowledge any super spreading event that's taken place outdoors the most recent super spreading events with the delta wave which was in provincetown massachusetts over the fourth of july provincetown is a big uh party spot for gay men in the northeast that almost all the transmission there happened indoors because the weather was bad and lots of partiers were crowded into tight nightclubs.
2: Yeah, well, um, the, the, but the your research and in the piece that you did, the masks, uh, the covid micros are much smaller than the holes in the mask. And uh, it's just a physical impossibility for them to be kept inside the mask, right? Well,
5: sort of the individual viruses are very small. They're much smaller than the holes in surgical masks or cloth masks. Cloth masks have extremely large pores by comparison. The reason that a lot of scientists thought masks could work is that you don't exhale individual viruses. What you exhale are viruses that are embedded in droplets of moisture that can be much bigger. And so theoretically, even masks with pretty large pores could still catch some of those larger droplets the problem is even though the droplets are bigger than viruses the ones that are the most dangerous are still pretty small certainly by comparison with cloth mask pores
2: yeah and they um and you mentioned surgical masks it's also about wearing the mask properly so if you're not if you're touching it moving it around on your face uh and not washing it and all those things that little kids will do and and we have a governor here who came out with a mandate for all kids to wear masks how many seven-year-olds are going to wear a mask properly for six hours to make it worthwhile
5: right i mean i think the good news as far as that goes is that it doesn't look like covid actually spreads much through dirty hands uh the bad news is that Yeah, wearing masks is difficult. Cloth masks and surgical masks will pretty inevitably leave large gaps around the sides. So, again, the big droplets with a lot of viruses that are responsible for short range transmission, uh, surgical masks could still catch those if they go in pretty straight lines. But a lot of the smaller droplets, which are more dangerous, can just go around.
2: How much evidence is there that cloth masks actually make things worse in the long run? Kids, adults, whoever.
5: Um, there's not a heck of a lot of evidence for that, uh, but it is a possibility. So there was a hypothesis I saw uh, by uh, basically someone on Twitter, but there was a bit of mechanical support for it, that when you exhale large droplets of a mask and they get stuck there, With repeated drafts, you could push them out as even smaller droplets that could be more dangerous. Uh, There isn't a lot of evidence for this. There is one study that found that uh, certain especially bad masks, which are basically just bandanas, uh, could do this. They actually increased the number of small particles that wearers emitted compared to no mask at all. Uh, So it's pretty weak evidence, but it is there. The greater concern I would uh, suggest, though, especially with kids, is that there are probably uh, problems that long term mask wearing could inflict on kids' emotional and linguistic development. And the dismissals of these concerns that I've seen from associations like the American Academy of Pediatrics were uh, not very convincing. They simply said there's no study to uh, support that this is a concern. Whereas, of course, there's no study because back in 2019 or any time before, this would have been considered such an insane thing to do that no one would have thought of studying it.
2: (laughs) Right. Um, What did they find out in North and South Dakota? You had an interesting uh, example there, two places uh, right next to each other.
5: Right. So North and South Dakota are two pretty similar states. In North Dakota, back in the COVID wave of fall 2020 and winter 2020 to 2021, uh, North Dakota imposed a mask mandate basically right at the peak of cases there. South Dakota didn't. And the academic curves in both states look pretty identical. There's no sign that North Dakota saw a faster decline in COVID cases after that. Now, you could say this is proof masks don't work, or you can say You this is proof that mandates don't actually get people to wear masks more than they already were voluntarily. Uh, But it's certainly not a point in favor of masks work.
2: I have like 30 seconds left just based on and uh, we're talking to Connor Harris of cityjournal.org. You should check his piece out there. Um, uh, Based just on you did a, a lot of research here would you th- do you think that the whole mask thing should be over right now i'm not saying about that there shouldn't be some cases where it's you know uh, there are exceptions are made but in general are we should we be over the whole mask thing at this point
5: in, in general what i'd say is it doesn't look like masks uh, do much to reduce transmission in most circumstances if you feel especially at risk yourself you should wear a mask especially you should be able to wear an N95 mask, which are made for medical professionals. They used to be scarce. Some of the public messaging still pretends they're scarce, but they're not. You can buy them for a buck $1.50 apiece. And you can wear that. If you wear it properly, it will protect you. But other than that, I think broad mandates, especially of cloth or surgical masks, aren't doing much.
2: Hey, Connor, I, I'm sorry we had to cut this a little short. We had a little uh, technical issue there. I really appreciate you coming on.
5: Um, Not a problem, and uh, it's an honor to
2: be on the show. Hey, thank you very much. That's Connor Harris, cityjournal.org. Check his piece out about the mass. We'll be right back.
0: With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Tropical storm Nicholas has slowed to a crawl over the Houston area after making landfall earlier as a hurricane, knocking out power to a half million homes and businesses. Correspondent Seth Borenstein reports, unfortunately, there's potential for more tropical weather very soon. We have two other systems that the National Hurricane Center is watching. One of them is not too
4: far from the East Coast. It's off of the Bahamas. And that one is weak right now. It's not a tropical depression, not a tropical storm.
0: Secretary of State Antony Blinken facing a second day of congressional questions about the Biden administration's withdrawal from Afghanistan. The top two members of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, New Jersey Democrat Bob Menendez and Idaho Republican James Risch, both assail the withdrawal as a failure in their opening remarks. This is SRN News.
5: Listener that stands out that I worked with was this older couple that was interested in refinancing. They reached out to a few different lenders. and You know, their credit wasn't the best. I know some of these other bigger banks, you just won't hear back from them, which I cannot stand. Not everybody has the seven eighty credit scores, and just because you don't qualify at one time doesn't mean that you'll never qualify. I'll walk you through what you have to do, whether it's two, three, six months from now.
2: Our United Faith Mortgage.
5: United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Maple Park, Grove, Metal New York, licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to Animalist Consumer Access.com or corporate Animalist number 1330. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii,
0: Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. AM 1250,
4: The Answer. AM1250TheAnswer.com.
0: Hugh Hewitt. The Hugh Hewitt
4: Show. Hi, it's Hugh Hewitt on the next Hugh Hewitt Show. Andrew Sullivan is one of the most controversial and consequential essayist, columnist, pundits, I don't know what you want to call him, commentator of his time, and he's back after many years on the Hugh Hewitt Show. So do not miss the return of Andrew Sullivan on the next Hugh Hewitt Show.
0: Hugh Hewitt. Weekday mornings at 6, right before Mike Gallagher at 9, on AM 1250. The Answer. The United States has killed Osama bin Laden. Hours after that announcement, the White House leaked that it was SEAL Team 6 that carried out the operation. Al-Qaeda placed bounties on the heads of all Navy SEALs. Then just three months later, a U.S. Army helicopter carrying many from SEAL Team 6 and others.
4: Anybody out there. We have Fallen Angel. Fallen Angel. Roger.
0: Fallen Angel. Extortion 17. The story most Americans don't know. Watch exclusively at SalemNow.com. Why doing it right roofing siding and remodeling as an Owens Corning roofing platinum preferred contractor? It's simple. It's in their name. They're doing it right, and it's what you'd expect as a homeowner and what they intend to deliver. Call 724 New Roof. Want
1: done right? Call
0: Hi, this is Dennis Prager. Demand for Indian Motorcycles is at an all-time high, but due to COVID-19, supply is very limited. To ensure you have your Indian Motorcycle, it is best to reserve now to help you in deciding which motorcycle to reserve. Indian Motorcycle of Pittsburgh is bringing the factory demo truck to Pittsburgh Tuesday, September 14th and 15th. Call today to reserve a ride appointment. Visit pitcycles.com. Indian Motorcycle of Pittsburgh in Warrendale next to Jurgles. Always wear your helmet and never drink and ride am 1250 and fm 92.5 the answer wpgp pittsburgh 223 cs pittsburgh a division of salem media group listen on the answer mobile app smart speakers tune in iheart or odyssey stuck in traffic we've got the answer
4: You'll see a lot of volume delays out there this afternoon. Outbound Parkway East looking pretty solid between Bates Street and Edgewood-Swiss Vale. Delay of at least 10 minutes and also roughly the same delay amount on the inbound side from Forbes Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Heavy on the Parkway West. Inbound slowing Green Tree to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Speed's getting down to around 15 miles an hour right around Green Tree. Outbound side slowing into Carnegie. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson.
0: AM 1250. The answer, weather. It'll be warm tonight with increasing clouds, a thunderstorm
4: around late and a low of 68. Tomorrow will be humid with a blend of sun and areas of high clouds in the morning, then mostly cloudy skies with a strong thunderstorm around in the afternoon and evening hours. Thunderstorms can bring flooding downpours, hail and damaging wind gusts. The high
1: 73. Thursday, mostly cloudy and humid. We'll see a high of 77.
2: With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon.
0: The John Wall Show, AM 1250, The Answer.
2: Well, for the past uh, few weeks, uh, kids all over the country have been going back to college, but there's something very different uh, from back when I and maybe you went to college. I went there a million years ago, but there are a lot more women going to college now than men. Why is that? Well, Douglas Belkin covers higher education for the Wall Street, Wall Street Journal. He's got some numbers on just how big the difference is. Doug, thanks for being here.
0: Yeah, thanks very much for the invitation.
2: Hey, yeah, uh, so right right now it's. Uh, I was stunned when I read this in your piece. Uh, it's at thewallstreetjournal.com. Now, uh, I guess it's wsj.com. R- right now it's 60 to 40 women over men. That, that's stunning to me. How did that happen?
4: Slowly, over about 40 years, it's been growing, uh, and then it accelerated a bit during COVID. Um, so it, it, the, the gap just sort of inches up a little bit more every year.
2: Uh, when I went to uh, Kent State back in the 70s, uh, we used to brag that there were more women on campus than men back then. And, uh, and it was just the opposite. My friends at Penn State used to tell me that you had to wait a month to get a date with an ugly girl. So when, when did that start? I mean, when did it start to change? I think
4: 1980, there was parity. So right after you got out of school, there was a parity between men and women nationally. And then every year since, it's moved a little bit. And during COVID, a lot of kids and a lot of guys at community college in particular dropped out or just didn't enroll. Um, a lot of them are taking work, and, and they didn't enroll. The women were much steadier. But, you know, the over the last five years, there's been about a Uh, 1.5 million fewer students enrolling in college. A lot of that is demography, fewer kids being born. Uh, But 71% of those students who are not enrolling are male. So it just grows a little bit every year.
2: It's amazing. Now, um, how much of that do you suppose, or maybe some of your research told you this, how much of it is um, just cost, and um, guys just wanting to say, you know what, i I, I got to go out and make some money here.
4: I think it's, there's a lot to that. Boys tend to be a little bit more reluctant to take on debt. School is, is full of debt. The thing is, guys are coming out of high school. They're just not as accomplished academically, as girls are 70% of the valedictorians uh, in high schools around the country are female right now. Boys are graduating high school at like 6 or 7% less than girls. They get suspended at higher rates. Uh, they, their grades are much lower. Um, and so when it comes time to get out of school, I think a lot of them think, why do I want more of this? They just don't like school from a pretty early age. The numbers are pretty, pretty, uh, incontrovertible. So they don't enroll. And then when they do enroll in college, they're much more likely to drop out and not graduate. Uh, so it's, so it's sort of an accretion of, um, poor academics starting in kindergarten and moving all the way up. The question is why, why is it growing? Um, uh, there's a lot of information about what's happening in schools that turn boys off, and then I think the other big phenomena here is that the getting a four year college degree has become a very risky proposition. It's expensive. Kids don't graduate, they graduate and they're underemployed, they can't pay off their debt and there is a sort of a shine on the trades right now, which is you know faster, cheaper pathways to the labor market, which include coding, technology, and, uh, you know, the traditional things like plumbing and carpentry, these things are, um, I think, it's sort of a lot more buzz about them after a long time of kind of being in the doghouse.
2: Yeah, I've gotten to the point where I wonder how how much better some kids would be, especially guys, I guess, based on the numbers that you have here. um, They would be better off uh, just coming out of high school, and not just because of the trades, but... Uh, just coming out of high school, and if you wanted to work in uh, radio, for example, uh, you you knock on the, as many doors as you can, and you beg for a job emptying waste baskets, and you and you figure in four years, if I just you know keep my nose clean, pay attention, and learn, at the end of four years, maybe I can go to another radio station in a smaller market and get a job, and you might end up learning more than you would have learned in college. Uh, how much of that is going on, do you think?
4: I came up this way in print journalism. I worked at a little weekly paper of six thousand people. I didn't go to school for it. I, I, you know, just it's a craft, it's a trade, and that's what I did uh, year in and year out. And I didn't go into debt to, to learn it. Um, that pathways, um, it's not broken, but it's a lot narrower than it used to be. I mean, obviously, print journalism's in pretty big trouble, but the, um, uh, you know, the, the number of kids who are going through master's degrees to get it to to, to learn that stuff or taking on pretty big debt has grown quite a bit since then. So there's been a, a, a credential inflation in almost every field to the point now where, you know, if you if you want a job as a maitre d' at a restaurant, they may be a requirement for a four-year degree.
2: Yeah, yeah, and and, and uh, one that you paid so much money for that that job's never going to let you pay it back or it's going to take you forever to pay it back. Um, is there any chance of this getting closer to 50-50? What, what could be done or, or might be done to get it back to where it's uh, at least close to 50-50 men and women?
4: Yeah, I mean that's the million-dollar question. So the first question is: Should it be right? I mean, a lot of people look at these numbers and be like, you know what? That's good. College is broken. Uh, it's a bad value. Don't go. That's one school of thought. The other school of thought is, it is the, um, the 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 carrying card you need to move into jobs that make good good money or big money and that have influence in the country and set policy. So it's necessary to have some kind of parity there. The schools themselves, and what I think was so interesting in reporting the story, the schools themselves are very reluctant to take this on because they recognize that universities in this country were built by wealthy white men for their sons. And so the idea that this, you know, uh, historically privileged class should be getting resources uh, that are not going toward um, kids who've traditionally not gone to college, poor kids, blacker kids, uh, brown kids, that is a challenge politically for universities. And so they're they're, um, reluctant to uh, to, put programs into help boys. They are helping them with enrollment because they need to keep their numbers somewhat stable so that, you know, the social scene on campus remains okay. Um, uh, I think the pathway for universities is to align themselves more closely with the labor market because boys want to get a a, – boys and girls, but boys in particular want to to go to college and get a job, Uh, and so they want to get a degree that's aligned with the demands of the market right now, and that's still happening. It's been shifting for the past five or six years, but there's still a big gap. Between what kids are learning and what uh, what the job market is demanding,
2: we're talking to uh, Doug Belkin. He covers higher education for the Wall Street Journal and um, has a story today. or In the last few days, you had it up there that uh, that um, women are just uh, so coming to going to college in such greater numbers than men. It's about sixty to forty percent right now. Um, so you say the colleges are not bothered by this, and it, it, you the idea that. Um, that the the maybe white men don't deserve a break because their ancestors got too many. That seems kind of unfair. Is that is that a factor that that, that they're just that, that white men are being left behind because they're not getting the help and they don't that they need. So
4: first of all, I think co- colleges are bothered by this because it affects their bottom line. Yeah. Um, half the population. And if they're not enrolling in decent numbers, then they're going to have a hard time maintaining enrollment. So this is an issue. I'm not blind to it. I think the politics are exactly that, though. Um, uh, I think, you know, universities tend to be progressive places, and the politics are are pretty liberal and Democrat-leaning. And so that agenda of helping uh, white men, the privileged class, who, you know, white guys are still the the vast majority of men on college campuses, that's a hard pill to swallow for a lot of folks and so it's a difficult sale to make, and so it's not being made or something done. It's tricky, though, because it's such a complicated subject. What's happening is that, you know, there are a lot of programs to help boys stay in school, to help, help boys and girls, students, stay in, on college campuses. The thing is that the boys don't reach out for them. If you, if, you know, there are counseling and tutorials and so forth, but the girls are much more likely to reach out. They're just better students. They're more conscientious. They're just doing better work. They're working harder than the boys. So, if the boys aren't going to the programs, the question is, should the programs go and and meet the boys where they are? And that's and that that becomes tricky for the universities to to make that sale.
2: Sounds like a maturity issue. Yeah, I mean, you look at a you know, I mean,
4: at almost any age, a, a boy and a girl, they mature at very different rates. Um, so, a, a lot of it's maturity. There's a lot of theories about what's going on. You know, video games, pornography, drugs, fatherlessnesses. The list kind of goes on and on. It's hard to connect the dots specifically, but young men tend to be more vulnerable to a lot of um, sort of societal issues than than young girls. It sounds sounds a little counterintuitive, but boys' um, fatherlessness is a big issue in this country, and boys tend to um, wear that a little bit harder.
2: Well, I'm old, and um, we had a special incentive to go to college when I was a kid. It was called the draft. And Vietnam, I mean, that's – I go back to the early, late 60s and early 70s, and kids who had no business being on a college campus were in college somewhere. Uh, and it was um, – you know, when the when the war ended, then the, a lot of guys lost their incentive to, to put up with the four years of college that they didn't want in the first place. But there's, there is no real incentive like that for guys – and, uh, I mean, it's, it just seems hard to figure out what's going to make that change. And I, I think what you said is true, too, that I think the guys, are uh, when they get to be 18 and 19, the, their life experience is much different from, from what mine was, or I don't know how old you are, but what yours probably was, uh, because of video games and, and, and social media and all the stuff that's going on in the world right now. It's just different. And maybe they're just guys aren't just made out for college anymore.
4: So if that's the the case and there's, you know, enough evidence to to make that point right now, then the question is, what's next? What's the implications of that statement? Um, And, you know, some folks may say, fine, fair enough. We need people to to build houses and such. But the the reality is there's still a cleaner pathway to, to earn more money as a very educated person, especially in technology. But, you know, doctors... Lawyers, a lot of a lot of professions. You just need to go to college to get there to get the license. Um, the second thing is that there is a issue with women who are not interested in dating men who are not as educated as them. That's probably changing, and it's probably going to have to change because the numbers are upside down. But family formation is uh, is is is, uh, is going to be challenged as this as this continues to move forward.
2: Well, you know, there was a time when when a woman's I won't say it was the number one objective, but uh, maybe in the top three was meeting a, a future husband. That's what they went to college for. Uh, not, you no, know, not the only reason they went, but that was a big part of it. Um, because if you were in college, then that meant you were going to meet a college guy who was going to graduate and have a good job and, and be a, a potentially good husband. That's not. That's not a factor anymore. And the women
4: on college campuses are serious and hard working, and focused, and taking advantage of every opportunity, uh, they may be dating, but I don't think there's too many MRS's degrees right now. I think there's... Women are looking for PhDs, and they're looking for uh, Phi Beta Kappa, <laughs> they're, 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 they're serious. The they're, they're women in, in college campuses are by far the most serious students. Uh, you look at who's graduating with honors, uh, who's just graduating, who's going to graduate school, it's not the boys, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a huge uh, gap. You know, it grows. It grows at every level. Um, so, it's probably more accurate to say that the, the men will be uh, going to college looking for uh, looking for yeah. a surrogate Yeah.
2: Well, you know, and it, it has to be a huge uh, shift in the culture on a campus right now when uh, you have more women than men. I mean, it used to be um, men just were the dominant force on a college campus. You had. I don't know the, the fraternities. Uh, there were fraternities and sororities and everything, but just my memory of it was that it was still very much a guy thing, and uh, women kind of followed along in the cult- cultural situation. And yeah, uh, do you know what I'm saying? And I, and I don't. I don't know. It's got to be really different on a college campus now for uh, from what it was for people like me and anybody old enough to remember when it was the other way around. It's got to be a completely different feeling on a college campus. If it's 60 to 40, that's stunning to me.
4: I'll, I'll tell you a, a great story that got edited out of a story much to my chagrin. It was this kid at UCLA. Who had been there a couple of years, three years, junior, and was studying psychology, which is um, UCLA's sixty-one percent female student body. Psychology is probably eighty—I'm um, guessing—but it's like maybe 70, 80 percent female. So he's a lone man, uh, you know, one of one of a very small minority in his in his discipline. And you know, they get onto campus, and there's, there's a lecture that a lot of these guys are getting that saying, "Listen, you know, that, like there's sexual harassment is an issue on college campuses. Don't be that guy." Take responsibility. So Mm -hmm. the guys were warned not to be um, too aggressive, not to be antisocial. And so the message goes out. And this guy said that he lived in a dorm, and uh, there was a woman in his um, who lived next to him who played the music too loud frequently. And he never knocked on her door and told her to turn the music down because he didn't want to be the guy standing at the door looking like a bully trying to tell her to do what he wanted. And the last he said was that, you know, I try to make myself as small as possible on campus. And I thought that was a really remarkable thing to say. Um, But I think that that is an element of what's happening on campus, not everywhere, but but in certain places.
2: Well, it's interesting because are you familiar with the acronym BMOC? I am. Yeah, that was big man on campus. I guess that doesn't count anymore.
4: I don't know, man. I mean, look at look at what's on TV every Saturday, right? I mean, football is still king. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, my chismo isn't dead. It's just uh, maybe in retreat a little
2: bit. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's struggling a little bit. I only have about a minute left, so um, you know, based on and you, you, we're talking to Doug uh, Belkin, and, and uh, you cover higher education for Wall Street for the Wall Street Journal. So you write about this a lot. Um, what's co- What's a college campus going to look like in ten years?
4: I think this trend is probably going to continue. Um, uh, you know, I think it depends a lot on the economy. One thing that's happened now is that the labor market is tight, and so you can get a job out of high school that pays, right? I mean, Amazon is paying twenty bucks an hour plus a yeah. signing bonus. If that if that turns around and we have big unemployment, um, that, that that could be a pretty significant shift. If the universities change their orientation toward uh, what they're teaching, that could shift things. But the early indications are that this uh, gender gap on campus will continue to grow.
2: Well, I I went to four colleges uh, in six years and never graduated, Doug. So, they, you know, maybe I'll go back and get my degree one of these days. <laughs> it, it, it hasn't hurt me so far. I'm still working. Right. Hey, uh, Doug, I really appreciate you coming on. People, You can find the, the piece at wsj.com. Uh, Doug, I appreciate you coming on. Hope to have you on again. Yeah. Thanks very much. Take care. Yourself. Okay, we'll be right back. This is John Stockerwald. By now, you've all heard me talk about my pillow, and now Mike has done it again by introducing his new my slippers. Mike has taken over two years to develop my slippers. They're designed to wear indoor and outdoors all day long. Made with MyPillow foam and impact gel, it helps to prevent fatigue. Made with quality leather suede, too. And for a limited time, Mike is offering 50% off his new MySlippers. The MySlippers are so comfortable that you will want to get some for the whole family. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code STAG. You'll also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets or call 800-716-8087 and use promo code STAG. Get them now. My slippers from Mike Lindell, 800-716-8087, promo code STAG.
4: Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance.
5: Traders, listen up. As life in America starts to return to normal, are you looking for the best trading opportunities? With the current real estate market, the rise of crypto, and the volatility of tech stocks, It's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. With Vantage Point... You don't have to. Text the word MONEY to 813 to learn how our technology analyzes over 1 million data points per day. Text the word MONEY to 813 813 so you can learn how to predict market trends up to three days in advance with incredible accuracy. Whether you're trading stocks, options, Forex, futures, or crypto, Vantage Point's patented artificial intelligence can give you a massive edge. Text MONEY to 813 813 to find out how to maximize your gains. Text the word MONEY to 813 813 to learn how to use the volatile to your advantage. Don't wait. Text the word money to eight one
3: three eight one three now.
4: By texting in, you consent to receive calls, voice, and text messages using automated technology regarding offers by or on behalf of Vantage Point.
0: AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. WPGP, Pittsburgh. 2223CS, Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. It's been tough talking to my doctor about constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. I finally laid all my symptoms out there and how they keep. Coming back, she said, I may have irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBSC. We agreed, it's time to try something different. Linzess or linaclotide is a prescription medicine that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor. Right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with IBSC. Visit a doctor in person or online. Say yes to Linzess. Learn more at linzess.com or call 1 800 L I N Z E S S. Sponsored by Abbey and Ironwood Pharmacy. This is the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer.
2: Well, as you probably know, there were hearings today, or a hearing today uh, in, uh, in the House and uh, the Senate, I guess it was, where the, the, um, uh, the Secretary of State, Blinken, was being uh, questioned about the fiasco in Afghanistan and what happened there. We played you the clip from uh, Rand Paul. Well, uh, tomorrow on the show here, I'm going to have Joe Sweeney. He was a contractor over there in Afghanistan, and... Um, he has a lot to say about what happened he he left afghanistan just a few days before that august 31st deadline he was involved with all that uh, that major fiasco at the airport and everything uh, and he's going to be here tomorrow we're going to talk to him. but we're also a week from friday at uh christ church at grove farm it's this friday what am i saying it's this friday yeah i'm having a tough day today uh it's it's a, it's this friday it's the day after tomorrow it's, a, it's a Christ Church at Grove Farm and Swickley. We'll be there uh, from 6 to 8.30. I'll be there with Kathy Emmons. She's a co-host of uh, The Ride Home with John and Kathy on our sister station, Word FM. We're going to do a little panel discussion with Joe, and he's going to talk about uh, maybe say some things that he couldn't say on the radio, as a matter of fact. He will be there to uh, discuss all this, and Kathy and I will be leading the discussion. You can get tickets now at the Answer Pgh. Dot com, and it's the day after tomorrow. This come, Oh, man. Yeah. Today's Tuesday. Oh, man. Am I having a tough day? Uh, Friday, I think Friday is the fifth day of the week this this week. So it'll be Friday. I hope you're there between uh, 6 and 8.30. Me, Kathy, and Joe. See the you John then. Show is a production of the Antair Pittsburgh
0: and Salem Media Group.